You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. If you've ever looked at a photo of Earth and joked, hey, I can see my house from here, it's time to zoom out to a wider field of view, about as wide as you can get. How about as much as you can see of the entire solar system from one place? You can't see your house from there. I'm Earl Green, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for February 14th. It was on this day in 1990 that Voyager 1, from its vantage point six billion kilometers from the sun, looked back and snapped a series of photos that captured all but two of the solar system's eight major planets. At that point in time, Pluto was still considered the ninth planet, but it could not be seen. The opportunity to take what is now called the Voyager family portrait was recognized well ahead of that day in 1990, and Carl Sagan was especially vocal about seizing on this unique opportunity. And, as hard as it may be to believe, NASA's original answer was no. After the completion of Voyager 2's final planetary encounter at Neptune in 1989, neither of the Voyagers were ever expected to power up their cameras again. Staffing was slashed. The scientists and engineers who had to be on hand during the decade of Voyager's peak exploration of the solar system had gone on to join other missions. The embattled, budget-conscious NASA bureaucracy at the time saw little scientific value in the series of pictures that would need to be taken, or the expenditure of calling in the specialists who would have to send the spacecraft instructions on how to take one of the most sweeping panoramas in history. But Sagan and his camp finally prevailed, not on the picture's scientific merits, but because they wanted to offer some perspective. From a technical standpoint, the Voyager family portrait was quite complicated. It's not one photo, but a montage of 60 photos, loosely following a right angle past the Sun. In 1980, Voyager 1 had flown close enough to Saturn's moon Titan to send it on an upward trajectory, so it was looking down at the solar system. Voyager's cameras were the products of early 70s technology. They were essentially tube TV cameras. Whether tube cameras were in a studio or mounted on a robotic spacecraft hurtling through the outer solar system, pointing the camera at an intensely bright light source like, say, the sun, ran a serious risk of permanently damaging the camera, even if the exposure was accidental and momentary. And although this was the last hurrah for Voyager 1's camera, great care had to be taken to avoid pointing it directly at the sun for that reason. Big problem, all the planets in the solar system orbit the sun, so you can't get away from it. No attempt was made to include Mercury in the picture, and Mars' position in its orbit placed it almost behind the sun from Voyager's vantage point. What could be seen, however, were Venus, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Earth, the last of these taking up less than a pixel, almost obscured by a streak of light from the sun. Though he later elaborated on and embellished on his address at a NASA press conference showing off Voyager's family portrait in June, Carl Sagan was well on his way to devising his pale blue dot essay. At this press event, he said, This is where we live, on a blue dot. Astronomy is always said to be a humbling experience, and I think these pictures underscore that point. On that blue dot, that's where everyone you know and everyone you ever heard of, and every human being who ever lived lived out their lives. It's a very small stage in a great cosmic arena. Just speaking for myself, I think this perspective underscores our responsibility 
to preserve and cherish that blue dot, the only home we have. In later years, Sagan would add even more profound thoughts to this speech, but his basic message was there. So on a day that's supposedly all about love, spare a little love for the planet you live on and the people and other living things you share it with. Nobody's invented warp drive yet. This might be the only planet we get. You better show it some love. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for February 14th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.